What's up, ladies and gents, and welcome to another episode of Dual Senses, a PlayStation podcast where we give you our two cents on all things PlayStation. I am your host, Alex Wolf, joined here with the one, the only, the late one, Stephen Morrow. I'm not that late. Bitch, I told the people 31 minutes at 829. It is 901. <laughs> messing with people's lives, Stephen. Messing with their lives. Any who's here, if you're a fan of the show, you can always go to www. or www.mtfproductions.com forward slash donate, where you can donate as little as a dollar to help support our show and help our little old brand grow. Also, follow, follow uh, at TweetMTF, you know, get updates, content, all sorts of crazy nonsense. Yeah, that's new. That much, that's a new thing. Well, that's a thing. That's right. That's a new thing. We haven't done much with it, but it's out there now. So do it. Do yeah. it. Well, we'll do be it. we'll be better about posting things. Like right after I did that, went on vacation, so I was away for a hot second. Mm-hmm, um, it's been it's been many many moons since we've been live. It's been about what three weeks. Uh, we, we missed Christmas and then New Year's and then last week. Yeah, yeah three we weeks and here we are. Holiday break and then and then vacation. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I'm back. You're back. We're back. Let's fucking We're do it. Back. I've got uh, a lot of shit happened. Whole lot. Yeah. Yeah. A lot. Um, we tried to to get as much of it together in a in a list as possible. Um, I tried to keep it with like the more recent things, um, as well as like yeah, some of the, the, big shit. the bigger things. But we gotta hit the big shit. Yeah. Big shit, Steven. Just big shit. Big shit, Steven. Big shit energy. (laughs) Is that another shirt? It is now. Big shit energy. Make it so. (laughs) Make it so, Steven. Tell you what, young boy. Last time, I was quite sad. Because I was outside. I was out beside myself because I didn't have no drinky poo. And guess what, Stephen? I got myself a fucking drinky boo. Oh no! I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing now. Oh, it's a great. Thing. I just don't know anymore. It's a great thing, Stephen. It's fucking awesome. It's fucking I've got. Awesome. Look at me. I haven't had my hair cut in sixty days, at least. At least, Stephen. I haven't had a full night's worth of sleep. I'm ready to go fucking insane. You're always insane. Let's go. Let's do it. I got to get my ears out. Let's do the fucking thing. Let's do the fucking thing. I'm gonna put on the tweeter tweeter that we're out now. We're we're going. We're rolling. I made a, a tweet as well. That's why I was one minute late because I was making posts on Twitter and. So on you were one middle. You were one minute late to your own show to tell people the show was live, even though you weren't there. Yep. That's how I roll. That's some real, that's some real <laughs> ho shit, Stephen. Some real ho shit. Mm mm. Mm. Mm-mm. At least I'm, How's vacation? I'm fashionably late. How are you? How was vacation? Was I miss it already. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I went I went to Disney World. Disney World? Yeah, Disney World. Not Disneyland. Disney World. I don't, I don't understand what happened. Did you you develop like a speech impediment? Yep. Oh, you were there? What happens okay. when you go to Disney World. <laughs> I could see it. I mean, fucking Donald Duck, Goofy. I mean, hell, on some occasions they, they, all, they can't fucking <laughs> oh speak. My God. So. Have you seen? Have you seen the new Goofy? 
the new Goofy? Yeah, well, they have like like new official Mickey Mouse cartoons, and first of all, they're batshit crazy, and they're actually hilarious. But Goofy looks like like a homeless man on meth. To be fair, Goofy, in a sense, has always looked like a homeless man on meth. But yeah, like but his, now, now he's, now like, he's, a, he's, he's got like a, a grayish color to him, and his like oh, shoes no. have holes in them, and like it, it's just he's a mess. Yeah. He is an absolute mess. Oh, and I, I might have a picture of him inside of a kangaroo. Uh, I don't want to see that. No, yeah, you do. No, I don't. You know what, Stephen? You know what? I've been I'll tell you what. I spent days, days, Stephen, looking into this unhinged Elmo. Not why is that a thing? I don't like that. <laughs> this was at Disney World. I don't like that. It makes me uncomfortable. That was at Disney World. Doesn't he look it like? Me, it makes me uncomfortable, Stephen. He's got, like, yellow Turn eyes and gray skin. He looks like he's been with hanging out with Tally from South Park too long. Get it away from me. <laughs> mm. I love it. But no, uh, I, 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 I got to see all the new lands, like the Star Wars land and the Toy Story land. Oh, yeah. How, how was that? How was that? Uh, very impressive. Everything is so large. Mm. Like everything. The Star Wars world was massive. Oh, I, bet. Um, I was I was very impressed with that. I don't give Big a single Galaxy shit about Star away. Wars. Like I, I don't give a shit about Star Wars, but uh, it was amazing. Wrong. And there's there's lots of vegan options there too. Wasn't expecting that. Uh, they're very I mean, conscientious. You know, conscientious. Is that the space right folk, you know, they don't have you know pigs or cows. Yeah, I had a some alien fruit. So that'd be you know not from this world. Yeah. Alien fruit, you say? Yeah, alien fruit. Uh, it's it's. A lot like Earth fruit, but it's seasoned with a sauce. <laughs> they, that sounds terrible. There's like a sauce, like and then they season it. But it, it was good. It was good. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'll take your word for it. Good stuff. Mm. Steven, there's been a lot. A lot, as I said earlier. A yes. lot, as I said before that. And a a lot, lot, as you as said, said just now. Then, just now, yeah. <laughs> Do you remember crazy. when you said a lot? <laughs> I was fucking wild. What a time to be alive. But a lot's happened, Stephen. And we yes. have to talk about it. Are, are we just shit. skipping to that? Are we not talking about what we played? No, fuck that. Let's let's hop right into it. I mean, Jesus. All right. It's let, let's fucking go, Stephen. I'm unhinged. All right. Okay. I'm like Elmo. Unhinged. Okay. Elmo is Rocco, insane. Rocco's not alive. That's that's all you bitches need to know. <laughs> Did you see? I I sent you a lot of videos. Did you watch them? I watched those and then many more, Stephen. Like they were <laughs> it's so. And, and I was. Diving in. Some of those are moment. like, 10, like wow. 10 years, 20 years old. Like, this has been a saga. Yeah, and it's crazy that people have not noticed that Elmo is just a deranged a deranged thing. Yeah. Like, even looking at him, he looks like he's fucking wild. Well, you know, like... Like, so he looks the, like he lives on Sesame Street. I mean, like, on the street. Not at all a of park, the, but, like, on it. All of he's the homeless. Sesame Street Muppets have a specific quirk and that like defines their personality and elmo is supposed to be like a three-year-old and his quirk is love and that's it however there is an exception and he makes that exception for rocco he fucking hates rocco because rocco's a, he's a fucking rock like he makes it you can't argue the man's logic or the puppet's logic yeah, anyway, he's a we're monster. Past, Steven. We got shit to go over. Let's hit it. All right, all right. I'm sorry. Rocco's in fucking Christ. <laughs> all right, we're just going down the list. Uh, 
Did you add anything new to the list? No, I'm just going to interject where I find appropriate, which could be at any moment, Stephen. You'll never know. You'll never see it coming. This time I, I did a thing. I separated it into categories. Uh, so uh, I'm just. I mean, I looked at that like, piece, but I was like, that was way too much. Let's go. Let's all right. All right. So uh, just starting with like overall PlayStation news. Um, so we recently, uh, I think it was an episode or two ago, we talked about PlayStation halting production on the PS4. Um, that's no longer a thing. So PlayStation, uh, in response to PS5 shortages, uh, they're reversing their discontinuation of PS4 production. Um, and according to this report, um, roughly 1 million new PS4 systems are said to be available throughout 2022. So uh, that's kind of like as an alternative for those who aren't able to get a PS5. Uh, so that's kind of interesting, I guess. Yeah, it's neat. And for a lot of reasons here. One, knowing, not knowing, but knowing what we faced in 2020 with chip shortages, uh, shipping delays, uh, manufacturing problems, so much galore there. I'm surprised it took them all of 2021 to get to a point to say, hey, we, we get to reverse that decision. Like It took them a year. You'd think at some point in 2021, knowing like, those shortages and those, those issues are still there, that it took them this long to pull the trigger on this. Mm-hmm. PS5s, while being a top-selling console and breaking records left and right, it's still very much hard to get by the everyday common man. Where So a lot of people are falling back on, okay, well, I'll buy like a used or a PlayStation 4 if I can find one. And it's interesting to say, like, more than likely you couldn't get a PS4, not because of shortages, but because they just stopped fucking making them. So... And I find it, and it's just kind of crazy to me that I feel like the PS3 had more of a manufacturing cycle going into the PS4 after launch than the PS4 did with the PS5. And hell, even with the Xbox, Xbox halted production of Xbox Ones uh, in 2020 altogether. And they just now came out and said it. So it's just crazy to me that, that you know, when they're getting to a certain point, well, the Xbox makes more sense with the backwards compatibility piece. Like, okay, yeah, like, fuck it. Why, why do that? With the mm-hmm. PS5, while backwards compatible, it's been extremely, extremely difficult to come through. So, interesting. Interesting things. I'm curious to see what those numbers look like this year going forward if the PS5 is still hard to get. Might be one of those situations where it might be too little too late to bring out these PS4s if the PS5s end up, you know, all of a sudden more readily available, which we've seen. Hell, GameStop had a pro day today, and they had PS5s in store. Oh, damn. Yeah, and that's happening today? pretty regularly. Yeah, today. And that's so, happening pretty regularly. For audio so. listeners, as of recording, this is Friday the 14th. Mm-hmm. So it, it's crazy. If you keep an eye on it, if you're vigilant enough, even you don't have, even have to be as vigilant as you were in 2020 or 2021 for a PS5. I guarantee you, if you just fuck around on the internet for five minutes, you'll find someone has some for a split second at least. Mm-hmm. It's it's finally happening. Where I think this will be the year where you'll see more PS5s dropping in stores and being a little not not crazy. I'm not going wild with it, but more available than they were in the last two years. So again, begs the question: Is it too little, too late to manufacture these PS4s? See, I think I think a big thing for PlayStation is it's just less expensive for them to make the PS4s, mm-hmm. um, and it's also less expensive for consumers. And uh, again, when we look at the 
upcoming games, uh, there's really not like there are PS5 exclusives in the pipeline for this year, but most of the big heavy hitters are also coming out day and date on PS4. So um, I think they're not really missing out on anything. Um, like it, they're not missing out on software sales if people can't get their hands on a PS5 because PS4 owners can still use, um, can still buy the same games. Mm-hmm. And uh, For the it, most it part. might even it might even work out in their favor too because uh, 2021 has shown us that their upgrade model is usually just charging a little bit more for people to upgrade. Um, and so it, they might be like nickel and diming us, um, but it might end up working in their favor. If somebody can't get a PS five yet, they end up getting the new God of war on PS four. And then later they get a PS five and then later they get an upgrade. It's almost like that's like three sales, three transactions as opposed to one. Right, and now that PC gaming is more accessible than it ever has been, you've got people who played these PlayStation exclusives five, six years ago, and seeing it on PC, and just knowing what a PC can do, if they don't have a PS5, playing games on PC and rebuying them, like God of War on the PC just recently launched, and it is being praised up and up and down. Like, there's no qualms about it. The game's going to sell like hotcakes. Horizon Zero Dawn did, Days Gone did. It's Death Stranding did. It mm-hmm. is now about, it's more so about, and I think I've said this before in the past, yeah, consoles are great, but the only thing that's going to drive a console is the software. And the PS5 right now still has very limited AAA big hitters that are only on PS5. Yeah. So the PS4 move could be, it could be a game changer. We'll see. We'll see what happens with that, Steven. Moving on. Uh, so another random little tidbit. Um, it's been long talked about that a new Twisted Metal game is in development. And mm-hmm. uh, the word on the street was that the same developer uh, who made that Destruction All-Stars game that kind of was dead on arrival. Um, uh, so they were originally the developers for this uh, new Twisted Metal reboot. Um, and that's Lucid Games was a developer for Destruction All-Stars. Yes. However, um, it is now uh, reported that development has moved on to Fire Sprite Studios, which was recently acquired by uh, Sony, I think, what was it, like two months ago or something? Yeah, within the last three months or so. Yeah, so within Fire Sprite... About... Uh, sorry, what were you going to no, say? No, go ahead, go ahead, proceed. Proceed, young boy. I was just going to say that Fire Sprite is the developer who worked on um, games like Persist- The Persistence, uh, which was recently, relatively recently, a PlayStation Plus title, playable in both VR and non-VR. Um, so, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And hold on, I recently read something about Fire Sprite the other day. Let's let's kick this back here. It might let's be in another one of our news items, actually, on later on the list. Uh, it was recently, it was a little more back into the details of, uno momento, I just saw it a minute ago. I'm just a boy trying to be a mig, fig, pig. I'm just a sm- 
So while you're looking that up and making noises and stuff, um, random little thing to note. Um, so while none of this is necessarily confirmed, um, the director for MotorStorm, Matt Southern, has moved. Like his, he's now living 15 minutes down the road from um, Fire Sprite, and he was recently working at Lucid Games. So the director for MotorStorm may. Well, there's a high chance that he's involved in this Twisted Metal reboot, and that makes me excited because I fucking love MotorStorm. Okay, here we go. I found it, and it actually does play into that a bit. So, oh, okay. Uh, as spotted by a re- this coming from Video Games Chronicle, uh, as spotted by a Reset Era user, Matt Southern, the director of various MotorStorm games, plus the original pitcher for Drive Club, has l- this month left his role as game director at Lucid to take on the same role at Fire Sprite. It's unclear if Southern was working on Lucid's Twisted Metal project or if he'll be working on the franchise at his new employer. Fire Sprite has multiple products in production, including another PS VR game of a sort that we'll talk about later. So yes, it is confirmed. He is at uh, Fire Sprite now. Oh, it is confirmed. Okay. Yes. Yes. Cool. Yes. I say, I know I saw some more concrete stuff on there, but all right. Uh, but yeah, so this is this is kind of interesting because I have a, a pretty good feeling that this is going to tie into the Twisted Metal series uh, that's been reported to be coming from PlayStation uh, as like a, a comedic, almost like Mad Max style thing. Uh, but yeah, very I'm very curious how this year is going to pan out for PlayStation uh, in terms of not just the games, but also how games and media are all uh, kind of working in conjunction because we've got um, a new game and a new show for The Last of Us uh, in the pipeline, probably for this year. Uh, We have a new game and a show for Twisted Metal in the pipeline, maybe not this year, but we'll see. Um, Or The series is coming out 2023, so there's reason to believe that the game is going to be coming out alongside it um and then we have the uncharted movie coming out here in a few weeks like i think three or four weeks and Mm -hmm. that's being released alongside the legacy collection with um uncharted 4 and uh lost legacy on pc and on playstation 5 so lots of movies and shows and games all kinds of things happening Lots of moving parts. I, I'm curious to see how that all plays out, not only for many reasons you said, but also with this recent surge of COVID-19 with the Omicron variant, if that's going to play a factor, or if these developers and publishers kind of have a more down pat hold on working remotely and getting these things out there per se. So it'll be neat. I'm excited to see what happens. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I'm going to move on to probably the biggest thing, and we're probably going to spend most of our time talking about this thing. You got that um, right. But there's been a lot of news about Spartacus, which is uh, the code name for PlayStation's response to. Oh, hold on. You're, 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 you, that's big news. Not wrong. But you're missing a big piece, Stephen. What? We were gone. We were, we were gone when this dropped. What? CES happened just not even two weeks ago, Stephen. Yeah. We've got no mention of PSVR 2. 
No talks? That's later no on. No discussions? What do you mean? We're, if we're talking about... No, no, no. Let's hop into it right fucking now. Hold on. Let's, let's, let's be honest. PSVR 2 is not nearly as big as PlayStation's response to Game Pass. I beg to differ. Well, because it's a confirmed thing. We know it's officially happening. Yeah, but but what what has been the conversation this entire time for next gen? It has been Game Pass, Game Pass, Game Pass, Game Pass. That is the, the one thing. Mm-hmm, that is mm-hmm. that is the the one thing. That is the feather in Microsoft's cap. And the way that PlayStation responds to it is going to define whether or not they succeed in the service market and arguably in the entirety of this generation. Nobody cares about PlayStation VR 2. I mean, I know oh, I do. Steven, I know you do. Steven, Steven but, my boy. Steven, I mean, my boy. Look at the numbers. PSVR, such Wait, a let's small fraction of PS4. And well, okay, so let's back up. Let's back it up here. Let's back it up. All right. Is Game Pass a hot ticket, right? Yes. Is service for consoles a big thing this generation's show? Yes, as proven by Game Pass. Now, while Game Pass, hot ticket item. Everyone loves it. Do I think that'll give Microsoft by any means a legs up over Sony with how this is going right now? No. I, I If it were the case, it should be a tighter conversation already. Game Pass, while great, it's the best value in gaming that is touted left and right. I love Game Pass. I own an Xbox Series S solely for Game Pass. But at the end of the day, it is not a console seller overall. If that were the case, you the just Xbox, said you bought an Xbox. I, I did. I said overall. I'm saying I did. But overall, okay, all right, okay. the everyday common man, if I were to walk up and say, hey, will you buy an Xbox because of Game Pass? Probably not. I, I, personally, I, I don't think we get a lot of yeses compared to the no's on that one. Is yeah, there a conversation but I mean, to me? But again, look at the very recent history. Mm-hmm. The new, the new Forza Horizon, yeah. the new Halo, mm-hmm. day and date, Game Pass. Yep. That's that's the conversation. not new. That's not new. They've been doing that for two years at least now with day and date on exclusive titles. Yeah, and and that's what's in that's what's crazy and PlayStation. While I don't think that they're going to do the same thing with their first-party exclusives day and date on whatever the Spartacus thing is, um, Mm -hmm. that's been the conversation, and Microsoft is earning a lot of goodwill. And especially coming out of the last generation, uh, Mm -hmm. where they had a lot of bad will because of the way that they were handling services and DRM right out the gate, and with their lack of software that really mattered, um, they are coming out swinging. And I, I really think... PlayStation needs to get their ducks in a row when it comes to this, uh, the response to that, uh, because I mean, it's just, it's, it's PR really is what mm-hmm. it is. It's, yeah. it's an investment. It's marketing. Microsoft is not making money on this deal, uh, at all. I mean, we know this because the way that they talk about it is, uh, they never say that they're making money. They just say that it's sustainable, which basically means, oh, okay, they're losing money and they're, they're just, this is advertising. I but, wouldn't even say that either. They don't even talk about their console working. sales. But it's 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 working. Uh, so again, I'm not saying that Game Pass isn't a thing, but I'm also saying that PlayStation can easily go. I think they can go this entire console generation without a response to Game Pass in a proper way. 
and still come out on top. Yeah, I think I they think- can, but I think that if they want to to shut down Game Pass, uh, they they also have the ability to. But PlayStation's uh, always the been a place where they're not worried about shutting someone down. Let's they hold on. They're better. They're better. on. Let's 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 get into the the nitty gritty of this because it's hard to talk about this without going into the specifics. Um, so there's new Spartacus news. Mm-hmm. And as I mentioned before, this is the code name for PlayStation's response to Game Pass. This has been heavily uh, reported on uh, from reliable sources across the industry. Um, we have two new little tidbits of information. Uh, the first one, and probably the biggest one, is there has been a new patent filed mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Own, like by Mark Cerny uh, that suggests that PS3 backwards compatibility is going to be fixed with a software solution natively on the PS5 um, or in general. Um, and so uh, this is probably related to Spartacus. There's reason to believe uh, considering backwards compatibility and going into old older games. Uh, library is a big part of Game Pass. Um, mm-hmm. The new Spartacus thing is related to PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Now. We recently talked about this on, I think, our most recent episode about like the whole three-tier system. Um, so uh, the actual wording of the patent is a little weird. I don't fully understand it, but it basically says um, the patent is for backwards compatibility through the use of spoof clock and fine-grain frequency control. Uh, but basically, uh, while I don't know the technicalities of it, what it would allow for is native backwards compatibility without streaming. This is a software solution um, that basically replicates the... It, it emulates the PS3 without needing yeah. all this complicated shit because the PS3 was a complicated thing. Um, that's exciting. That is that's exciting. Very, that's very, very exciting, especially for somebody like me who has a lot of PS3 games in their library that have incompleted trophy lists. Um, and I really want to platinum all of them. See, but, I'm excited to go back because I have a lot of PS3 games that I honestly miss going back. Like, I can't go back and play Arkham Origins. I have no way of doing it. That's upsetting. Yeah. And it, it also pisses me off that they didn't add those to any of the collections, but that's, I digress. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They really did that dirty because I, I, I don't think it's the worst out of the Batman Arkham series, honestly. I, I, I also agree with you. Still has the best boss fights out of the whole goddamn franchise, but yep, and a really nice setting. I mean, same setting, but like oh, so we talking about snowy Gotham. Christmas? Yeah, it's Christmas. I like that. That's the only Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. Exactly. Anyhooser. That's what Christmas is all about. <laughs> yeah, fucking damn it. <laughs> Anyhooser, yes. The, the, the idea of Spartacus is awesome. I'm excited to see what it does. I'm all for it. I want to see what it can do. I as The PS3 is probably the biggest piece to this puzzle. I feel like if they can nail PS3 emulation uh, in a... I don't even care if it's native. As long as it works. Whatever they do, as long as it works. Mm-hmm. I'd be excited because that's the biggest thing is that the PS3, I mean, you can technically have it with PlayStation now, um, but it's rocky at best, uh, depending on where you live and what kind of internet you're paying for. And it's also just not 
touted. It's PlayStation hasn't been handled. There's also a lot of people are getting ramped up because Game, uh, the UK video game retail store, um, it's yeah, just this is the next in news actually. Yeah, sent out a thing asking for those stores to start pulling um, the place the PS Now specific gift cards for membership. Uh, PlayStation's kind of just downplay it, like, hey, we just we're trying to simplify it. Uh, our gift card solutions. It doesn't make any sense to have that when the PlayStation gift cards you already own work on PS Now if you purchase a subscription. It's just confusing to have that much. Well, so we're going to keep it at that with the regular gift card and the PlayStation Now or PlayStation Plus subscription. Sorry. But the tidbit that's missing from a lot of this that no one really recognized, U.S. retailers did this three weeks ago, uh, according to Bloomberg. So this is not necessarily new. It's interesting. Uh, I think it's the only time it's really getting a lot of press, probably because it's right after the holidays, so it's got some time to breathe. Um, yeah, a lot of people took breaks during the holidays anyways. Right. Um, but this but is, I mean, still, that, neat. that's even it's more neat. evidence to suggest that they're doing something that has to do with revamping PlayStation Now. They're pulling all the subscription things. Uh, they mm -hmm. have this patent. Uh, this has been literally the number one talked about thing um, within the industry for the past year. Honestly, other than, you know, the next gen or current gen consoles themselves. It's yep. been Game Pass and what is PlayStation going to do? It like that. That is a thing. I can't listen to a gaming podcast without hearing game pass at least 17 times and the big thing that playstation has that microsoft doesn't is and and this might be controversial but i honestly don't think it is i think it's pretty objective is a fucking amazing library oh and yeah they, a lot they, of that library this... is on is trapped on ps3 it, it's not even necessarily that that is i mean there's a lot trapped in ps3 for sure but when the PS the PS3 was probably the biggest hiccup in the in the history of backwards compatibility for PlayStation, um, it launched with it, and it was expensive. It made the console starting off for a, a sixty gig console back then five hundred fucking dollars or six hundred dollars. Sorry, yeah, and four hundred dollars and four hundred dollars for a twenty gig model without backwards compatibility, and. I think backwards compatibility was a factor, but I don't think that was the major contributing factor to the price of that it, console. It, that was it an expensive system. So we say that, but the biggest price drop that happened with the PS3 was with the 80 gig model when they removed backwards compatibility. It dropped to $400. Yeah, backwards but I also think that that had a lot to do with Blu-ray. That is true. It, 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 there was a lot in there. Essentially, how it was described back then, if I remember correctly, reading this is like an old game informer or something, is that the problem with the PS3's backward compatibility for PS2 was essentially they had to take what made the PS3 a PS3 and form it around what made a PS2 a PS2 to emulate these things. That you were building two consoles in one, so it was big, it was expensive, and then as we saw the evolution, and they. I don't think we ever could have had a slim model PS3 if it weren't for moving backwards compatibility. But anyway, I digress. My point being is that the PS2 to this day is one of the best-selling consoles of all time. It established a lot of the legacy franchises that PlayStation has, more so than any other console they've put out. Um, and we still see those consoles touted today with Ratchet and Clank, God of War. Hell, even Sly Cooper and Jack and Daxter are still talked about to this day. Um, 
by taking backwards compatibility out of the PS3, it halted that. The question then became, what do we do? Then we started seeing that PlayStation Classics on the PS4, you had to purchase them on the PlayStation Store. They came back, but you had to buy them again. You couldn't just pop the fucking disc in. Mm-hmm. We are now at a spot, a very delicate spot, where there's a chance that the floodgates will open for not just the PS3, but the PS2, the PS1. Hell, I think they even mentioned the PSP of running yeah. on a console and full backwards compatibility. The PlayStation library is more expensive than anyone else is out there besides Nintendo. Point blank, period. If this opens up, Xbox Game Pass will still exist. It'll still be a great value, but they will have the toughest competition they've ever faced in this com- with this happening. As if, if the pricing is right. Yep. And I think having the three-tiered system is going to help with that, too. Yes. Uh, but, um, again, that's not necessarily officially confirmed, but um, we have reason to believe that that's what's happening. Uh, mm-hmm. Speaking of the PSP games, the thing that excites me the most, um, and this is, this is again, Stephen pie-in-the-sky kind of situation, but I, I, I believe it's going to happen. I... I believe this, and that's because I want to manifest this into reality. But uh, so this patent uh, is talking about backwards compatibility and the process for that. They've had other patents um, involving like PSP and emulating that and things like that. Um, They've also had other patents that involve retroactively adding trophies. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. And I want. Two things. I want PSP games with trophies. I want a Platinum Daxter. That's what I want to do. And, and this is kind of dumb, but I want Heavenly Sword to have a Platinum. That is very dumb. I want it. Why? Because I think it'd be a satisfying Platinum. It's a nice, relatively short game. I want to to go back and listen to King Bohan's monologues. I love that Andy. Do you remember some of the intricate fucking shit of collectibles that game had? Yeah, but it was nice and it was doable. It was, but did you go back and collect everything in that game? No, because there weren't trophies. I don't. Because I remember specifically about that game. A lot of those collectibles were obnoxious as fuck trying to hit. Because well, it was, it was all, a lot it was of all it was, to do the combos and stuff like that. Like you had to get. Yeah, but even then, some of the gameplay. Well, I loved that game. Trying to nail that in some of those levels, especially like where you played as Kai with shooting that arrow with that stupid fucking six axis technology. <laughs> Ridiculous. It would ruin yeah, the whole goddamn thing. You'll be able to play that with the dual sense. That does not make me feel any better. The game the itself will still handle like be butt. A little bit better. The game will still handle like butt. Well, either way, I'm excited. I want a platinum heavenly sword, I want a platinum Daxter. And I'm hoping that this combination of of patents and Backwards compatibility and Spartacus, whatever. I I'll pay a hundred dollars a year for this whole package. Tier three. I am ready. I am ready. I I could I'd be comfortable a hundred dollars for the whole package. I think that would be the highest I'd go. Do I think they need to price it that high? Fuck no. God no. Because with the amount of PS2 classics on the PlayStation Store you can buy, and PS1 classics you can still buy. 
If it's I can natively the... download all of these, though. PS3, and I get that. PSP, PS2, PS1, boom, I'm done. But if I can play time, Jumping Flash with trophies, hmm. It's just, I feel it, it's kind of, it's just rough on the people. <laughs> I, love that robot I think money. it will be a small backlash. I don't think it'll be a big uproar by any means. The people that were burned by the lack of backwards compatibility, but instead, like, you know what, it's fine. I'll go out and shell the money and buy these emulated versions digitally. Only to be told, by the way, here you go. I'd be, I'd be a bit upset for a little bit. Like, man, really, I can, I spent countless dollars trying to rebuild that collection because it was the only way I could play those games. Yeah, but I mean, there's only, not a lot in in terms of PS2. There's not a lot that's available. there's not. But that's what I'm saying. You're like not gonna see a big 15. outlash. Like you're not gonna see a big outlash by any means. But you're gonna see a, a small little outcry and a little pocket in the corner. You know that kid in the back of the room who. Normally doesn't talk at all because he's antisocial, but he sees that one little thing that's going to piss him off, and he's like, "I'm going to stand up for what I believe in." That's going to okay. Be I I thought this was going to get real dark. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. The kid in the back of the room, Ooh. something just triggers him. He goes on some kind of fucking bloody rampage. Ah, sorry. I've I've been traumatized. The past Jesus. three years have been scary. You haven't been in school. Never mind. <laughs> Any hooser. Steven. We got to talk this PSVR 2 stuff, man. Yeah, and okay. I, so here's the thing. I know you don't want to talk about it, but I think it, once, once you hear this. It's not that I don't want to talk about it. It's just that I don't think it's as big as... Uh, like, I think you and I care about it. Yes. Mm-hmm. But and I... PSVR was cool. It didn't light the world on fire. I think PSVR 2 is going to need to be really fucking amazing in order to light the world on fire. So this and is where I kick in. I know, so, yeah. yeah. Alright, go ahead and drop let, the, let's drop listen the news. Let's listen the news. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to understand. I did not give a flying fuck about the PSVR. I didn't. Quite period. At all. I played one game on that goddamn thing, and it was Beat Saber, and that was it. All right? My fiance played it so long, long it hurt her shoulder, but she got the platinum trophy in it. She That's could it. have died. I, I played that in Trover Saves the Universe, and I got the platinum, and I was fucking done. Okay? So coming from me, as a person who does not give two shits about when Sony decides to delve into a new space, like fucking 3D or handhelds or VR, the PSVR 2 has a lot and I mean a lot of potential. So let's think about it this way. One, the PSVR made VR accessible to console gaming space. Hands down, bar none. Oculus really took it up, you know, or Facebook or Meta, whatever the fuck you want to call them, really took and evolved it with making it, you know, or need a console or a PC to do it, and you get, you still get great tracking, great games, and an expansive library. You just need to have a Facebook account. But even then, they revoked that, and that's no longer a thing. Thank God. Vive is there in their own little corner for the high-end PC gamer who wants a high-end specific gaming rig for VR gaming. Now, per IGN, they have a breakdown of the comparison chart of the four VR headsets, the PSVR 2, PSVR, Oculus, and the Vive, or whatever HTC has now comparable. And the specs are interesting. Because when I first saw the PSVR 2 was announced, I'm like, all right, cool. But reading this is where I'm like, 
holy shit, PlayStation stepping it up. They they're in. And I think that the fact that they saw such an impressive number with the PSVR. Now, did it light the world on fire? Just like Steven said, no, it didn't. But it did sell more than anyone else was thinking. With three million units, what was that, two, three years ago? Impressive. Now, I'll just break this down. When it comes to the pixel per eye, so what the resolution of what you're getting, the little lenses in the headset, the PSVR 2 beats out the PSVR, obviously. It beats out the Oculus Quest 2 and the Valve Index at 2000 by 2040 with the Valve Index coming in second with the 1440 resolution. It's still using an OLED lenses, which the only VR headset out there to do OLED was the PSVR. It still has a screen refresh rate of 120 hertz. Tracking is extremely, extremely crazy because it's using inside-out tracking. So it's the same thing you have in the Oculus Quest 2, which is touted as having one of the best tracking out there, especially for the lack of not having a camera or anything attached to it. Yeah, no camera, and I don't think it even needs sensors sticking to walls. You just mm. slap it on and go. You put it on and go. Eye tracking is only in the PSVR 2. Yeah, That's nothing else. The fuel to view... Second place, again, against the Valve Index with 110 degrees. Audio's got a headphone jack. It's still corded, but we, they've already talked about how simple the hookup will be. One cord. One cord into the PS5. Again, the I should, I, honestly, I, I feel like the biggest thing, um, and this might sound stupid, but I think the biggest thing is yeah, eye right. tracking uh, because it's going to help with processing power because they'll only render at a high res where you're looking. So mm-hmm. you, as the player, you won't fucking notice any of it. Like you won't, yep. you won't notice that it's low res because you'll only be able to see in in one direction. Um, like there have been experiments where, um, this is sort of related. Uh, they'll have yeah, yeah. Um, in this experiment, they would have people with these headsets, um, and it would track their eye movement and it would show them just flat images. Um, and they would only have the image be in color where their eyes were looking. Everything else would be black and white. So it would only show the image in color where they're looking. And people perceived the entire image as being in color, even though it was not, not ever, not once. Um, and that's that's the power of eye tracking, basically. So if you imagine that same kind of process, um, but mm-hmm. instead of rendering color, you're rendering pixels, so things will still be there, obviously, but it'll be lower res um, in the same way that like um, when you're playing a game, like the draw distance, the further out you go, um, the lower poly a model is. Uh, that saves on so much processing power, and that will allow for higher fidelity games, faster games, and more graphically impressive games because it's rendering only what's most important. So that is a big deal, and I think that that'll, that's going to be the thing that's going to push virtual reality even further into the realm of, oh my God, this is impressive. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, it, it, the thing the thing that I think is giving me pause when it comes to PSVR 2 is we, we had the same thing with PSVR when it, when it first came out. It was impressive for a month or, or like for, for a handful of months. And then everyone else came out with better headsets and uh, more affordable headsets. Even Oculus quest um, 
was more affordable and better because it didn't have, you know, the, all the wires and shit and the tracking was still, mm -hmm. uh, I, I think tracking was even better than PSVR at the time. Um, so, yeah, well, so yeah, PSVR had the worst tracking historically until PSVR two launches unless someone comes out with something comparable. Yeah. But the we don't have the next generation of headsets announced as, as far as I know from, uh, the other headset manufacturers and right. i so and i think that i've thought about that and i was curious because i mean so if we think about it this way i think with what oculus is doing so while the psvr was the first to launch yes was it the first to be talked about no oculus solely focused on i VR. mean no vr has been was, talked about since i mean when the headsets launched time. though when we're talking about the mainstream of it all Oculus was first to go and talk. PSVR was there. It yeah. was a conversation piece. But for like years, though. For years, yeah. It was a project Morpheus of all things. But even then, at the same time, that Oculus was right there neck and neck with the same conversation. But at the same time, PlayStation already had a reputation of getting very gimmicky. Anytime a new gimmick was coming out in any kind of medium, they were there for it. Motion controllers, PS Move. 3D, they literally sold a fucking 3D monitor solely for the PlayStation with Simon View. Um, cameras on the PS2 with the iToy, and then handhelds. And each time there's support out the gate, it's not suit, and it's either stellar and it falls off immediately, or it is there and poorly supported from the get go. It's, but I think with VR, I think they're taking a different approach. One, because they're the only console in the space. They have no other competition outside of PC gaming. But even then, PC gaming is kind of in its own little niche world where it very much blends with everything. If it was competition, they wouldn't put their, their games on it. The places just recognize that's no longer something you can do. If you want to be sustainable, you got to put it on PC. The games are literally built on a PC, to, so not to have them on there is just asinine. Um, the... What is it I'm thinking of? I th when it comes to the next generation of hardware for these things, I think Oculus or Meta now is very much about what in the direction they're going, especially with the Quest being kind of their flagship right now. I mean, their highest selling. You've got people in homes buying four headsets at a time, so everyone has one. Are they hardcore gamers? No. They're playing games like Vader Immortal. They're playing Beat Saber. They're playing things that are easy to drop in and out that they can have a fun party with. And it's a cool little showpiece to have at the house. It's that I think is going to gear towards more of the casual gamer space. Sure, it'll cater to the hardcore gamer still. You're still going to have those hardcore games come out on it. But Oculus is there for VR for everyone. Period. That, I think that's the direction they're going. So do I think we'll see a whole lot of advancement in the hardware? Maybe not as frequently as you think, and if we do, it won't be for a hot minute because they just put out in the Oculus 2 not even a year or two ago and then upgraded the storage space and dropped the price on the previous model. I think it's going to be a hot minute, and if it were the case, we would have seen it at, T at CES in all honesty. It would have been at least mentioned. Yeah, but even Same thing with the Quest 2, yeah, that was a year or two ago, but a year or two before that was the first Quest. And that, like and these, you're not these are wrong. iterative things, but uh, even then, so they, it's there's an iteration, yes, but I think we're going to see the slowdown on that because they don't, 
especially with the quest, it can only go so far for a hot while and it's selling like hotcakes. So it's, I think they're going to stretch that out along, much like the PS4 was kind of stretched out because it was selling very well. I don't think we're going to see a new quest or Oculus meta headset for a while. I think it's going to be a moment. I, I'd give it another two years before we see anything. Similar. The big thing for me is um, I, I was really big into PlayStation VR, especially the first year that it was out. And you know this. Mm-hmm. Um, I was I was kind of obsessed with it and I would show it off to everybody. I was trying to talk you into getting one. Um, it, I, I loved it. Um, but very quickly, uh, I fell off of it, mostly because it was kind of a hassle. Uh, it was a whole thing that you had to set up and it was it was complicated. But also just from like the fatigue of it, like VR is exhausting. <laughs> um, like not just because you're like moving around and shit, but just like it it's it's such like a physical experience. Um uh, mm-hmm. even if you're just sitting there playing a pretty passive game in VR, uh it just feels more physical than it actually is. And, uh, I don't know, like I, I could be in the minority, the minority when it comes to this, but, um, I just much prefer just kind of chilling with a TV and a, and a game with a traditional controller. Um, uh, and yeah, I, agree. I think, um, I think that yes, VR is, uh, it, it's a, it's a novelty kind of thing. Um, it's exciting from a technical perspective, um, but does it have staying power? I, I still don't know. Um, if you want uh, me to get excited about PSVR 2, um, I need PlayStation Home. I need PlayStation Home and PSVR 2. Uh, it's, it's been rumored for a long time. Uh, there's VR chat on PC. It's, it's like really the biggest thing uh, in VR. Uh, PlayStation can really knock it out of the park. I'm telling you, if they bring PlayStation Home as a PSVR 2 title, uh, hopefully not PSVR exclusive, because then then nobody's going to fucking use it. But uh, bring back. You're you're just asking for Home to come back with VR capability. Yeah, I want Home to come back with VR capability. I think it would be great. It would. Uh, it, it it would seriously. That that's what would make me. Uh, no life absolutely no life and i don't think vr will always still be it's a novelty i think you're still going to see a majority of gamers are still fine much like yourself much like myself sitting down on a couch picking up a controller and turning on the tv and playing a game that is always going to be number one outside of sitting at a desk playing it in front of a monitor that's going to be there it's you're still it's going to be a niche group that's why so when you say three million units on the psvr it's like oh only three million no the conversation is holy shit three million you're telling me three million people actually decided to put a fucking thing on their head and play a video game and says like that's fucking insane sorry it it is because it's not something you think would be a big deal it was also that is an impressive number for a vr headset as well yeah when you compare to other headsets that is a it's a good number yeah, that's a good attach rate because you got to think that's also that many people with a PS4 doing yeah. it, not yeah. any user. So there's that, but I think what will really help the PSVR too, and I think the a big thing the PSVR lacked in was its tracking. It was god awful. The amount you had to set up your room with lighting and where you had to space things out to make sure it worked properly and you had an accurate field of view and play 
was too fucking much. And I think with the VR2, even if it, even if there's other next gen, I, it, HTC or Valve or fucking Meta put out a new headset and it's got more power than the PSVR2, I think that's still a different conversation because the PSVR2 is speaking to people who want to game in VR in a console space, but they now have a headset that works consistently because the power is now there. The capability is now there. The next piece, you get that down, put the games on there. You get the right games, and I think they did this right. PlayStation historically has always had a strong launch lineup when it comes to the random niche things like 3D, handhelds, whatever, and then mm-hmm. fallen off. We didn't see that with the PSVR. It was kind of tame. But as they saw people were buying and things were coming, it we're still up, getting new PSVR exclusives. Exactly. But they're not like the big like AAA franchise things because they recognized we need to see what this does first. Why, why are we going to dump all this money into this thing that may not sell, and then we have to cancel it and can it because no one's fucking buying it? And we've sold, and now we have to make up and recoup the cost of all the money we put into our, our developers making games. Now that the PSVR has a proven track record of selling pretty well, you've now got PSVR 2. There's hype behind it now. There's an actual conversation. There's general excitement among the community that it's happening. It's been confirmed, and it looks pretty damn good. Now, we, now you, this is where you come out the gate. This is where you get games like fucking Horizon coming to from, Spot, That's what from I was Fire Sprite That's what I was on the fucking for. PSVR 2. Yep. They put games out like that out now. One, so, because they know it's going to work. Just to quick recap. So, yes, Horizon Call of the Mountain was revealed for PSVR 2. There was an mm-hmm. extremely, extremely short um, gameplay reveal. Um, and I use the term gameplay lightly. They were like riding on a thing and you look around yeah. and then that's it. Um, so it didn't show any combat or anything like that. Uh, this is obviously still in development. Um, probably PSVR 2 launch window title. Uh, but the fact that they're taking one of their biggest IP um, and creating a game from the ground up specifically for PSVR 2, that's exciting. Um, I wonder though, is this going to be the right route to take? Like as much as, as I am excited about a uh, horizon game in VR, like that excites mm-hmm. me. Um, is VR the right space for something like that? Like we saw them try to bring AAA experiences with very big IP to, uh, a more casual space with the PlayStation Vita. And that thing didn't do gangbusters. Um, it it lit the industry on fire as like an amazing technical showcase, as something that got people excited. It, it really resonated with gamers like me and you. Um, but uh, was it a success? I, I, I get what you mean. And, and, and with I think- VR, I feel like the thing that makes VR shine is it's, it's the social experiences. Um, it's things like the VR chat. It's things like the party games that people play and they talk about, like Beat Saber and things like that. Um, and, and I know I'm, I'm probably beating a dead horse, but I think that the, the, the trump card that they can have up their sleeve is something like PlayStation Home on VR. They need like a VR chat experience that's going to bring this community essence to VR. Mm-hmm. Um, and do I think like a big AAA experience single player like Horizon Call of the Mountains or whatever is is it? 
I don't know. It's a great technical showpiece, but people are going to finish it and then they're going to be like, that was cool. And then they're never going to touch it again. They're never going to talk about it again. I, I, I understand your concern there. You make a, a very valid point. Um, Cause again, a lot of my unenthusiasm behind VR came due to a lot of the games at launch with that, that people touted about, or in my opinion, glorified fucking tech demos. It's cool. It's in VR. This game does nothing for me after I'm done with it. I have no reason to go back. I'm done, and it was only a few hours. It's, it's not a 12 to 15 hour even single player campaign. I can do it in two to three hours. Um, I think what kind of, if we're comparing VR to PlayStation handheld space, is you're right. They put the wrong games in those handheld spaces. But I also think it came down to what, sometimes it's best not to listen to your fan base, in my opinion. Let's look at the games. You sound like David Cage. It, it, seriously, I mean, it's, you said it's, a similar thing. Consumers don't know what they want. They, they don't because you got to think about it. How many fucking people asked for games like Uncharted, like Killzone, like Heavenly Sword, like uh, Horizon, like God of War in a handheld space? And how many of those games actually did very, very well? Enough to justify the money that goes into putting them on a handheld. And then compare those to the same games that Nintendo does and puts them in their handhelds. Where, yeah, oh, Nintendo's got this childlike look. They've got this thing. They're not those big, gritty games. Yeah, because those games on a handheld space usually look like absolute asshole. And they don't do well. Those AAA games that people love so much that want to see in a handheld space only do so well because they're on a console at home with a home studio-like environment. Well, those on. games do... I think, I think that I PlayStation... Think issue, I think the issue with the Vita was more so with... Like, I mean, if you look at the AAA games, like Uncharted Golden Abyss or Wipeout mm -hmm. 2048, uh, those were, I think, both available at launch. And those yes. were, I think, the big the big AAA things. Um, mm -hmm. Most people that had a Vita played at least one of those. So I, I don't necessarily think that it didn't resonate with the people who bought the system. I think the system itself was a little too ahead of its time. It, it was before and after its time. In, so in I'm not saying that uh, those like, games, it's not that it didn't resonate. But I let's think, think that, about this. Go ahead. Uh, I think that the Vita would have done better if it launched a year later at $100 less. <laughs> I think price point, and I still think the right kind of games. The Vita... It's probably its biggest contributor now that people love that came later are games like RPGs, platforms, indie games. Those games are what's keeping the Switch and the hardcore space on top of Nintendo's obvious first-party games. It's, it's crazy to me, and I keep thinking about this. It is funny as fuck that people now are losing their minds over a $350 console that already exists, but now has an OLED screen. And are bitching about... But these same people bitched about the price of a handheld that came out almost a decade ago for lesser price with an OLED fucking screen. I think the difference is... Uh, and, and this is definitely controversial, and I have no problem saying it. Um, I think it's because... Uh, Nintendo fans are stupid. 
I don't even think it's that because I, you gotta think. I, I I don't actually mean that. I don't actually mean that. I I think Nintendo fans are a certain breed of um uh, like extreme loyalty. Yeah, um, like they they obsess over it, and Nintendo knows this. They release oh, yeah. new hardware every year, and it's literally the same hardware just with a different paint job, and people drop the money for it. Um, and and that's like that's Nintendo's thing. Nintendo is about uh, hardware sales. That's like their their big thing. But I think that that PlayStation is is more so about the software um, with really impressive tech behind it to to bolster that software. Uh, but Nintendo's been selling the same shit with different colors uh, since they've started, really. So uh, even then, I, I have a hard time, like, while I agree that Nintendo has a very, very loyal fan base, almost like to a fault sometimes. Even then, though, when you think, when you hear these games are like, oh, man, PlayStation put it on the Vita, PlayStation put it on the Vita, there's always a comment, and it always makes sense. The comment is, buy a switch every fucking time and you can't argue it 90% of the time because they're right because they're fucking right it, well, yeah but the switch came out after sony stopped really supporting the vita and i and i get that but the thing that is, was, is, that is i think later so it's true yeah when the switch came out the switch was was the better option but um if they came out uh i i I think the Vita was just um, like a lot of PlayStation's weird experiments. Um, it was before its time, before the industry was ready, before the, the market was ready. And I think VR almost fell into that. And the mm -hmm. fact that it didn't, I think, had everything to do with the fact that it was the least expensive and it happened to be attached to the best-selling console ever. I so think uh, I, I get. I think it was just like a perfect storm, uh, but I, I mean, if you take PSVR, uh, the the first PSVR, um, and attach it to literally any other system with the same exact library, I don't think it would do nearly as well. Just because the install base was there and people wanted VR, but they wanted cheap VR, and PSVR was cheap VR. PSVR two has the potential to be the same thing, but mm -hmm. if we want it to have lasting power. I think it really needs to to lean into that social aspect. Um, that's uh, that's why I'm a little bit concerned when the thing right out the gate. Um, and I know they know their audience. They know that they're speaking to PlayStation gamers when they go to these freaking expos and they talk about things. They know that that the industry is not going to necessarily get excited about. Um, a casual experience or whatever. Um, but when out the gate, so far the only game really that we have to go off of for PSVR 2 is a Horizon game. Um, I, I, I need more information before I can assess the longevity of such a thing. Uh, because I, while, while no doubt this is going to be impressive, and while no doubt I, I, I am excited that they're using their, their big IP to support the system uh or you know this this headset um i i don't know if it's going to do any better than the first psvr unless they they tap into what's making things like the quest um such a big deal
now? I think it comes down to, and I'll repeat this till I'm dead. I mean, I, it comes down to accessibility and having the right games. PlayStation has dominated console space for the last generation and going on, it looks like for this generation as well, but the trend they got, and it's been down to the biggest thing. There's accessibility. Granted, the PS5 is a bit of a weird space, but everything else is right now too. It's the games. You get the right games in the right space, you'll do fine. I think the Vita failed because it had the right games for a hot minute, and then it stopped. I think the Vita, yes, ahead of its time. I think they didn't identify the right kind of games to put on that console for what it was. I think there was too much overlap of like, oh man, we got this on console, we got to put it on a handheld. With this on console, we got to put it on. Like, no. Even Nintendo took years to get to a point where they put a true traditional Pokemon game on a home console. Um, I think the VR, and I think the, the original VR did well with this, is that they continually had the right games for it. They didn't focus too much on getting this AAA license from PlayStation on there too much because they knew it was... It does. Does it? it you get asked that question. Does it make sense? Does it make sense to put a God of War game on VR? Does it make sense to put Killzone on VR? Does it make sense to have Horizon on VR and so on and so forth? It's got to make sense. If it doesn't, don't do it. Find the right games that do. So the social aspect that you're saying, does that make sense in VR? Yeah, hell yeah, it makes sense in VR. But it, it, that same question, you're questioning right now if Horizon Zero Dawn makes sense to put on or a horizon game in that world does it make sense to put in vr that is a question that playstation and anyone really putting out a game on a console or hardware whatever you want to say needs to do because if you put the wrong games on it you're gonna fail we've seen it time and time again if you put it on the wrong shit it's gonna fail every fucking time the question of i mean hell let's think of it this way kingdom hearts chain of memories on the game boy advance What? Who the fuck wanted a Game Boy Advance Kingdom Hearts game? And it sucked ass to where they had to re-release it as a PS2 game, and it made some sense. Yeah, but I I think that's some sense. I think that's kind of a weird comparison though, because correct me if I'm wrong, that still sold pretty well on the uh, Game Boy. Yeah, but it was it, it was ass, but but it still sold well but that's uh, the thing so that's where but, it, it was understood because then we never saw a kingdom hearts game come out on a console like that until birth by sleep yeah because <laughs> it made fucking sense yeah well i don't know i think uh the biggest the biggest factor for um psvr2 you're right uh accessibility and having the right games um we need more information before I can assess whether or not there's the right games. We've got one to go off of, uh, but I feel like there's uh, one more. But it was like a third-party indie game. I can't remember what. It was. Well, I mean, as in in terms of like a PlayStation, yeah, first yeah, 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 like uh, first party. But um, in terms of accessibility, I think price is the biggest uh, factor for that. Uh, so I don't know. We'll see. Um, we do have a lot of other things on, on the list. Um, I'm fine with going for an hour and 30. Um, I can just plow through this next category if you want. Hit him. All right. So 
Uh, the next category is just new games. So there have been a lot of new games announced or that have been given dates. Uh, we've already touched on one of them. That's Horizon Call of the Mountain revealed for PSVR 2. Um, no release date because we don't, we don't know when everything releases for that. Um, but real fast, and these are just like some of the recent ones from the past handful of days. Um, so uh, Hitman Trilogy was announced for PS4 and PS5. Um, it's actually releasing uh, very soon. Uh, mm-hmm. Da, 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 da. Hold on, I can't remember the date. I just had it. Uh, January 20th. Yeah, so that's like very, very soon. So that's cool. Is that next next Wednesday, next Thursday? Yeah, that is very soon. In a week, <laughs> basically. Um, but yeah, and this also coincides with the Hitman 3 Year 2 announcements. Uh, there's some new modes and stuff like that. Um, and then that's going to be part of the trilogy, obviously, because it's the three... Hitman seasons or uh, Mm -hmm. Hitman games. Thank you. Um, So that's kind of cool. Interesting, actually, because Hitman has some VR history too, because they added the VR mode. So maybe the VR VR mode's hitting PC for the first time, I believe, as well in this launch. Yeah. So maybe with PSVR 2, we'll see Hitman in some respect. Uh, but anyway, so and also a game called Leap was announced for PS5 and PS4, as well as PC. Um, Jesus Christ, what is going on? My whole Google Doc just like shifted, and I I don't understand any of it. You don't have the power, Steve. I don't. Mm-mm-mm. God damn it! Anyways, Leap uh, I believe is a multiplayer shooter. Uh, type deal. Um, and then Shattered Tale of the Forgotten King announced for PS5 and PS4. Um, that one's coming in quarter one, 2022. This one was kind of weird. Shadow Man Remastered is releasing, yeah. uh, or actually is out, I think, now. When I first uh, read that, I thought it said Spider Man Remastered. I'm like, what kind of bullshit? <laughs> yeah, well, I was honestly <laughs> hoping that it was the like PS1 Spider Man because that was actually pretty good. You know, the, the cell-shaded one. Which, hold on, you're talking about uh, Ultimate Spider-Man on the PS2? Uh, no, it was a PS1 game. I mean, I don't think any of them were cell-shaded until Ultimate Spider-Man. You're talking about the one where, like, the the, the floor and, like, the ground, if you dip below a building, it was, like, all yellow and shit? I think so. Okay, yeah, that wasn't cell-shaded, but that was a fun game. I did enjoy it. Yeah. That'd be kind of cool remastered. But no, Shadow Man instead is what we're given. Um, this apparently is some like weird cult classic game uh, that released on uh, the original PlayStation in 1999. It's like some weird voodoo horror action game, like third-person action, uh, where this man has like some voodoo mask stuck in his chest, and there's like creepy shit happening. <laughs> I've, I've never heard of this game, but I was watching this trailer and I'm like, this looks weird. Uh, it looks like a Nintendo 64 game. Uh, yeah, same but, generation. Yeah. But anyway, so that's like out now. It's got 33 trophies and a platinum, which is the most important news out of that. Um, so if you like weird cult classic games with voodoo and shit, uh, highly recommend. Uh, so RPG Golf Legends... Um, is coming out on PS4 and PS5 January 20th. Uh, this is 
I think it's a sequel, but you don't need to have played the first one in order to play this one. It actually looks really charming. It's a it's like a, a golfing game, but there's combat and you can beat up monsters with your golf club. Uh, so that looks fun. I feel like these golf also, games are getting out of hand. Yeah, there. I feel like golf is making its way into every genre. Like with Golf Story, Everybody's Golf, Mario Golf. What the Golf. RPG Golf. Golf with Friends. Golf. Yeah. whole lot of golf. There's that one post-apocalyptic game where you play as rich people visiting Earth to play golf on the ruins of old cities. I can't remember what that's called, but that's a thing. That's not Y2K, is it? I don't know why I thought of that, but... No, it's a different different thing. Mm. Hmm. Um, anywho, so Far Changing Tides is coming out on PS4 and PS5 on March 1st. Um, I think this is a sequel uh, to Far Lone Sails, which was a game where you make... Uh, you like build a ship and have to do like traversal puzzle type things has a really interesting art style. It's almost like watercolor esque, uh, but this is the sequel. They're adding some new things, lots of like physics based stuff with that. Um, yeah, I think that's about it for recent announcements for new games um, that were at least uh, they stood out to me as interesting little things. Um but yeah, and then there's only two more two more bits. I think we have time for this. Um, only two more bits of news. This is like larger industry stuff. So this is the category for industry stuff. Um, so firstly, I'm going to do this one because I think this one should go first. Um, so Platinum Games has a new CEO and president. Um, so the Platinum Games boss, uh, Platinum Games, the famed developer uh, responsible for lots of action-y titles like Bayonetta, Nier Automata. Uh, they helped with the action in that. Beautiful Joe, uh, Okami. Yeah, uh, all kinds of stuff. Um, I feel like they're kind of a hit-or-miss uh, developer, but a lot of people really like them. So uh, didn't they do Vanquish as well back in the day? Yeah, they released that combo bundle of Bayonetta 1 and uh, Vanquish for their 10-year anniversary. That's right. Okay. Yeah. So they did. I mean, so the neat thing about this is the guy that's that took over um, is the one that headed up a lot of uh, things from Platinum. So I believe what I read, we're talking Near, we're talking Bayonetta, and I believe Beautiful Joe and Okami were a lot to his credit. Now, the former CEO that stepped down only stepped down to help with the accelerated production of other products they have. So, so just, to, just to put the names to this, so the, the former boss stepping down is Kenichi Sato, um, and uh, the new person kind of taking their place is Atsushi Inaba, mm -hmm. if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, con congratulations, Atsushi. Uh, on on the promotion, I guess. Um, but yeah, I I so I didn't know that if if they're the one who is responsible for a lot of the more recent like bigger uh, collaborations and things, and that's pretty exciting. I yeah. like the idea of them being in, in charge of all the things, so that's cool. Uh, but yeah, so that's I thought that was kind of a big deal though. Platinum has done a lot of. Um, collaborative work on other games uh so they're kind of 
involved in a lot of different projects within the industry. So uh, changes yeah, that take place there are going to affect a lot of other things too. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, again, list of things they've been involved in, Okami, Beautiful Joe, Bayonetta, Vanquish, Near, uh, Metal Gear Rising, uh, Wonderful 101. There's a lot there and a lot to unpack. Um, I don't know what kind of effects we'll see since it's not like anyone left. It's almost as if they traded spaces, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I, I, it'll be interesting to see what kind of stuff we get out of this. Maybe we might see the rebirth of some old franchises we missed, or if we get just a lot more new IP out of them as opposed to them just creating sequels for games they've already put out. What if they released VR to full Joe? Hush. Beautiful Joe and VR. <laughs> Go to bed, Steven. Uh, last but not least, at least the last bit of news that I have for us today. Um, so, the release date, or at least release window, for Grand Theft Auto 6 oh, yeah. may have been accidentally uh, revealed or hinted at uh, with... Uh, Take two releasing some financial data. Uh, so let's let's get into this because I think this is kind of interesting. Um, so recently, Take Two, which is the parent company of Rockstar Games, acquired Zynga. Is that how you say it? Zynga, the mobile developer yeah. of Farmville mm -hmm. fame, if I'm remembering correctly? Um, huge deal. Almost like thirteen billion dollars. That's a big deal. Um, anyways, so they recently did that, and in the process, they had to release financial reports. In their financial reports, Take-Two has forecasted an annual growth rate of 14% during 2024. And that is a number so high that it's safe to assume that it would be driven by one of their biggest titles. And what is their biggest title? Grand Theft Auto. Bully 2. Um, that would actually be pretty <laughs> fucking amazing. And there have been rumors about a bully too as well. There's just a lot of rumors. There's a lot of rumors, yep. and I I love rumors. I love a good conspiracy. I love all that shit. I like digging into all that stuff. I like getting hopes up and then being disappointed and then uh, dealing with my feelings by playing video games. Um, but anyway, so uh, in this article, I have this pulled up on PlayStation Trophies, but I think they got it from somewhere else. Um, most of their stuff comes from uh, somewhere else in the house. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just pulled it up because it was just readily available on my thing. But Axios and VGC. Uh, but anyway, so there there was an analyst, Doug Kruitz, uh, Kratz, Kruitz, I don't know how to pronounce it. Um, so he's an analyst at Cohen Incorporated. He crunched the numbers and worked out that Take-Two appears to be anticipating around $9 billion in gaming-related transactions which he believes points to a likely Grand Theft Auto 6 launch in um, 2024. So I could see it two years from now, the new, new GTA. I mean, so what? GTA 5 launched in 2013 on the PS3 360 and has that lasted makes that makes me now sick. going into two console generations. Do you think Wait. that Grand Theft Auto 6 is effectively a look at what the PlayStation 7 will be like by that logic? <laughs> uh, 
In a sense, I mean, so GTA is all these games have grown with each edition. So I don't know if it's a I would say it's an even look because there's always I mean, the big thing I was touted about with GTA 5 when it came to PS4 and uh, Xbox One was the first person mode. Um, and then just the updated resolutions and textures. The game just got more pretty. And it was the same thing when it hit PS5. The game just got more pretty. So I don't know if it, I'd say it's a prediction into the future of what we look at because it's just going to get, if they rehash GTA 6 like they did 5 so many times, it's just going to be a prettier version. I don't think we'll see any massive, massive improvement outside of what the yeah. console can already do. Well, what I wonder is, uh, I wonder if development is going to be not as long for Grand Theft Auto 6 just by the nature of what the game has been teased to be, which is like an ever-evolving open-world map, like something similar to Fortnite. Uh, and I know that's a weird comparison, but Fortnite is like a map that constantly changes and evolves and is updated. And mm -hmm. Rockstar has kind of hinted that that's what they're thinking of doing with Grand Theft Auto 6, uh, just you know, in a Grand Theft Auto setting. Um, so I wonder if that means that they'll be able to pump out the game faster basically just have like the framework and then release content gradually on like a monthly basis or something. Um, but I don't know. I think 2024, yeah. I mean, this game has has to have been in development for a long time, but maybe not because we had uh, red dead redemption uh, two, which that was a, a very large undertaking. Um, I mean, I know Rockstar's a, a massive company with a lot of resources, but still. Uh, yeah, I mean, you've got... They, they spread themselves pretty thin. I think it's a big team, but that big team is usually doing a lot of work. So even while Rockstar... Or not Rockstar. Even while Red Dead 2 was coming, there was focus on Red Dead Online, which is floundering, to say the least. But there's GTA 5 and any iteration it's had, but the continuous, massive support that GTA Online gets... Um, that's a big undertaking, just with new episodes. I mean, hell, even their newest thing ties directly into the campaign of the game. It's the first DLC expansion they've had, or online expansion to do that. And the, put that in perspective, 2013, 2022, we get the first bit of actual campaign connecting online multiplayer content for GTA V. That's two console generations. Can you imagine Almost having to develop something that works, that works for three console generations? Like, they have to make something that works on such old hardware. They're being held back. I'm excited for Grand Theft Auto 6 just so I can stop hearing about GTA 5. <laughs> it, it, I think the GTAs continually become a technical marvel as to what they do because there's always a vast improvement over the previous iteration. I think five really hit a benchmark with what it could do because I think they hit what the consoles they launched on could do right out the gate. There was no room for improvement and two new hardware came in. And even then it was very much just visual fidelity. Um, yeah. I mean, they couldn't fundamentally change the game because then they would be alienating mm -hmm. the last you generation can't... and then the last, last generation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't do too so. much. Whereas now, I think with six, we'll get something that pushes this current. If it comes out on this generation, it'll push what the PS5 and the Xbox Series X can do to its limits. To where 
we may not see another game like it and it'll follow suit of GTA 5 where it's just going to keep getting upscaled a bit and that could also just be the fact of that formula works you have a game again that's lasted almost 10 years and still consistently is within the top 10 sales on both consoles and PC every month yeah makes me same broke don't fix it please fix it please <laughs> It, it it's broke. <laughs> oh, what the fuck? Oh no! What? Oh, the brick wall's back. It's not even green. It's blue. Weird. Oh, is blue screen on? What is going on with the settings for this? Oh, it, it was green screen. I turned it back on, but I guess this is picking up oh. enough green and the blue to register as green. Beautiful. Beautiful. All right, I think that that wraps up pretty much all of the news and stuff. Is there anything else mm -hmm. you wanted to add, Alex? At an hour and a half? Fuck no. You act like that's a long time. This is this is a decent length. I listened to an episode of a podcast that was like five hours long. That's insane. It is insane. That is too much. They're insane people. Not even the local news is that long. Yeah, well, they have a, a lot more followers than we do. We'll, we'll get there. We'll get to the five-hour podcast. The fuck we will. Well, <laughs> the fuck we will. <laughs> the little, the the brick wall like slid as you slurped. <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> get your concrete in, ladies and gents. Part of your daily vitamins. Yum yum yum. Drink brick. What? Drink brick. Drink brick. Mm -hmm. Drink that brick. sounds like another t-shirt idea. Drink brick. Shirts. Suck a brick. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I like it a lot, actually. I kind of like That's it, too. Thing. Suck a brick. Mm-hmm. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, this has been another episode <laughs> of Dual Senses PlayStation Podcast. Thank you for tuning in and listening and watching. Again, the audio version will be up in the next few days. Um, it'll also be up on YouTube, what, immediately, right? Um, YouTube tomorrow, audio feed Monday. Monday? All right. Yes. Again, yeah. make sure to uh, like, You can watch comment, it immediately, share. though, on um, Twitch. So if yeah. you ever want to tune in live... Or if you want to watch the video immediately after we go live, it's on twitch.tv slash more than friends. And then it gets uploaded to YouTube the next day, just because usually it takes some time to process. Right, like right, it happens right. immediately, but we'll just say tomorrow because yes, there's no yes, telling. Yes. Um, and then Monday, just so that I can edit the audio and put it together. Yes. But remember, like, comment, share, subscribe. If you want to support the show and help us grow, be sure to go to www.mtfproductions.com forward slash donate. But until then, we'll see you next week. Wait, hold on. Wait. Will we see them next week? We got no shit coming up, right? There's no breaks. We're here. We're here right. next Friday at 9 p.m. Yeah. Eastern. We're back from holiday break. Um, yeah. 9 p.m. Eastern on Friday, ladies and gents. Be there. I'm trying to press buttons. Hold on. <laughs> Steven, Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs>
<laughs> All right, see you later, love, love, love. <laughs>